Welcome to No Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Nug Talk, a weekly podcast where we talk about everything going on in the NBA and everything going on with your Denver Nuggets. I'm your host, Loki, here once again with my co-host, Phil. Phil, it was a very uh, hectic week. There was a lot happening, a lot moving parts, but overall, how are you feeling after the trade deadline? Early thoughts? I'm feeling pretty good. It's working well, I, I think. I think it's only going to get better, too. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. But first, we will talk about the trade deadline. A lot of trades happen. We won't talk about all the trades. Um, but we will do two winners, two losers, excluding uh, the Denver Nuggets, since we will talk about the trades we did make. Um, but who would you say were your two winners um, for the trade deadline? Um, I'd say one of my winners is the Chicago Bulls, because mm-hmm. they got Vucevic. Um and he's a he's an all star. Made I think two or three all star teams in a row now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. They, it hasn't translated to wins for them yet. But I'm I think the hope is that it would soon because now they have two all stars on that team. So you would hope so. Yeah. Um, my other winner of the trade deadline. You know what? I'm I'll say it. I'll say the Orlando Magic are also winners of the trade deadline because they. They were so overdue for a build, rebuild, and now they're finally going to get that rebuild, and now they can uh, get a high pick and start over. Yeah, I think those are good picks. Orlando is one of my picks. I think Orlando did a really good job. I know the Evan Forney trade probably didn't make a lot of sense because he probably could have got more than mm-hmm. just two second-rounders for him, but they're just trying to rebuild through the draft. Um, they also got good pieces from us, um, but they got a lot of pieces from the Chicago Bulls. They got Wendell Carter Jr. Um, they got picks. Uh, they got uh, Otto Porter, who's on an expiring deal, but you know they still got a lot of pieces that are very valuable to them for a rebuild. Um, they said they're trying to build around Markel and Jonathan Isaac, so this is the best way to do it. It's through the draft. Um, so. They're probably going to have two lottery picks unless the Bulls somehow get into the pl- – well, right now the Bulls, I think, are in the play-in. But if the Bulls don't uh, make it to the playoffs, and that's two lottery picks this year for the Magic, including some of the other picks the Bulls sent them. So I think the Magic overall did pretty well um, in getting the assets that they did get. Uh, another winner for me would definitely be um, the Heat. The Heat were able to get all the depot for basically nothing. Yeah. Um, and they Everybody. didn't have- Everybody knew he was going to go there. So Yeah, he was going to go there anyways. But, I mean, the ability to get him this season without having to get rid of Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, I think that's a huge win for them. Um, happened right at the very end. It was basically like a buzzer-beater deal. Um, so good for the Heat. That helps push them, hopefully, to you know do better than they've been doing because they have been struggling a lot this season um, with various injuries, COVID, is, is et cetera. He, is Oladipo playing for them, or is he hurt right now? I don't know. I would assume he would be playing, but I don't know. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he has safety regular protocol stuff going on. I have no clue. We'll find out soon, I guess. But um, I think overall that's a good trade for them. They didn't have to really give up anything that they, you know, didn't uh, need or want to get rid of. And um, that's pretty good. So I'll give that to them. Who would you say are your two losers of the uh, trade deadline? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other trades. Um, I'll tell you uh, one. Yeah, you. One is the Clippers. Oh yeah, because they wanted yeah. Because they traded for Rondo, they gave up Lou Williams and picks. They have no picks. Um, they basically just 
got rid of Lou Williams. Um, Lou Williams was very upset about it, even thought about retiring because of he felt backstabbed by the organization. Um, only reason he didn't is because now he's in Atlanta and he gets to go to the strip clubs and eat wings whenever he wants now. So good for him. Um, but I don't get what the uh, Clippers were doing with that trade. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. Lou Williams Rondo. has been like key for them this whole time. Yeah, I mean he's been the sixth man of the year for them. And Rondo, even though yes, Rondo's good in the playoffs. Um, you know, will he show out in the playoffs? Probably, but at the same time, it just seems weird to give up as much as they did for him. It seemed like kind of a very desperate move for them. I bet Rondo will pan out well again for them in the playoffs because Rondo usually excels in the playoffs, but it just seems like a very desperate move that hurts them in the future, especially if they don't win this year because then Kawhi's gone and bad things can happen to them. Uh, the other one I would say is loser is the Celtics. I was just thinking the Celtics too. Yeah, the Celtics. Because they wanted Aaron Gordon and a bunch of other players, and they ended up with Fournier. So. Yeah, they got Fournier, and then they got rid of Tice for Mo Wagner. Um, assuming because Tice was a free agent. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Those also seem just kind of like desperate moves that they're just trying to try to compete this year. And in my opinion, I don't know what for because the Nets are obviously winning and we'll I mean at least winning the East and we'll get uh to that uh later but I definitely think the Celtics were uh bad it was a bad they made bad moves uh, at this trade deadline. So those guys made good moves too those guys made bad moves. There's a lot of other moves too. JJ Redick went places, um a lot of young players went places, George Hill went to the six. There's a lot of it was actually the most trades ever. Yeah. I'm in a trade deadline since like the eighties, I think. So um it was shocking usually there isn't a lot of activity at trade line there was a lot this time there was i think about like 40-ish 30-ish high 30-ish players traded something like that yeah so i mean hey uh that's what i guess the COVID season brings you especially a rush uh free agency and so on makes you need to make di- different changes um and that's what we did so we'll talk about our trades um, first off, just initial thoughts. What do you think? Win, loss, good trades, bad trades. <laughs> good, good trades. Yes, good trades for sure. Um, the, we'll talk about the first one that we did at the very beginning of the trade deadline. We trade Isaiah Harnstein um, to the Cleveland Cavaliers for JaVale McGee. We also gave the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers two second round picks um, that are protected. Uh, so if they're just high second round picks, we can get them back. Um, but at the same time, we still gave them those picks. Uh, what would you give this trade overall? Now knowing what we know, that JaVale hasn't really played so much. It might be kind of uh, situationally playing like he did with the Lakers in the playoffs, depending on the matchup. But what do you think of this trade overall? Um, officially, I want to give it an incomplete grade just because like, if JaVale doesn't play, it's an F. Mm-hmm. Or J- JaVale. JaVale doesn't play, it's an F. Um, but um, if he does play and he provides what we need as far as rim protection goes, then I'll give it like a B. Yeah, I think right now I'll just give it a C because it's there. I'm not happy with getting rid of the two second round picks just mainly because we usually do well with our second round picks and I like having the second round picks. Um, it's gotten us Monte, it's gotten us Jokic, it's gotten us a lot of good um, pieces that turn into trade assets. Um, and I feel like it was nice to get Harnstein out just because no offense to Harnstein, he was a great player, um, gives a lot of effort, but... He just never really fit with the team. He never really got a lot of playing time. It didn't really seem like he fit in with the scheme of what we were trying to do. Um, And then that's why I'll give it a C because JaVale, he does fit in. Um, He's a rim protector. He helps. He's a better passer. 
Um, so that helps as well. I think it, he has more experience, obviously, championship pedigree, th- three championships now under his belt. Um, he's going to be a vocal leader, which I think helps us a lot. Oh, well, especially mm-hmm. in the playoffs. I think it's going to help immensely to have JaVale's yeah. voice in there because he's been, really happy to be here, too. Yeah. And he's back, happy to be back. He's happy to be here. Um, you know, when he was he said it when he was here earlier. He was a dumb kid who made a lot of mistakes, but now he's a grown man. With a, he's a father, and you know he's here to help lead this team to win another chip. And he really believes that we can do that. Um, and I think it's just a good trade. I hope he plays because otherwise the second round picks were a bit of a waste. But overall, it was a I think a needed trade, especially if we do run into the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Javale is not going to guard AD but it just helps to have rim protection against LeBron or AD to at least have something that can threaten them if they get into the paint Um, because the Lakers are not a very good three-point shooting team, as we all know. Um, But that was the first trade, and I thought that was going to be the only trade that day. I was like, okay, this is pretty good. I'm happy already. I was like, this is a fine trade deadline. Um, We improved the team. We'll be ready to go. I didn't think we'll do anything else. Then the Celtics... Traded for Fournier, and that's when I knew we were getting Aaron Gordon. Mm -hmm. Because they weren't going to get Fournier if they want Aaron Gordon. I'm assuming they had talks. They said no to whatever the Celtics offered for Aaron Gordon. So then they just decided on Fournier. It came down to us and Portland for Aaron Gordon. And uh, we won the sweepstakes. Uh, Unfortunately, we had to let Gary Harris go. Mm-hmm. Um, and RJ Hampton, and um, we had to. Did we let go of a second round pick too? I think, or do we let go of a pick in this? And for Aaron Gordon, yeah, we gave him a top ten protective pick. Mm-hmm. First we gave him first round pick. Um, so it was very sad, but we got Aaron Gordon back. We got Gary Clark. Um, what would you give this trade? Uh, what would you give the grade for this trade? Um, I mean, I want to give it like a B plus or an A. Uh, but we're still trying to figure out just exactly what it's going to look like. It could potentially be really, really scary if mm-hmm. they if they mesh really well. It could be really scary and really awesome to see. Um, but we'll just have to kind of see. We've only seen two games with Aaron Gordon so far, and he's looked fine. Yeah, um, I like the idea. I like the fit. We'll see how it goes. I think it's uh, definitely a trade that we had to do. Um, unfortunately, we did lose Gary Harris, and we want to say thank you, Gary, for everything you did to, you, for Gary. the team. Seven years a part of the team. Um, drafted him. He was the first building block of this Nuggets team. Uh, Malone talked about it a lot where he said Gary helped us define the culture, establish the culture, the work ethic that all the other players go by. Um, they all fall to the Gary. All of the Nuggets players and all of Nugget Nation were very sad to let go of Gary Harris. Everyone loved him very much. He was a beloved player on and off the court. Uh, also, you know, Jamal, that was like his brother, basically. That was his vet. Um, he cried when he left. Jokic was shocked to not see him anymore. A lot of people cried. Um, but we just have to give Gary a very, um, heartfelt thank you for everything he did. We do not beat the Spurs two years ago in the first round without Gary Harris coming back. We don't beat the Jazz last year in the first round without Gary Harris coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, Gary Harris had great moments like that shot against OKC, which was one of the best shots. Yeah, it's my favorite Gary Harris moment. Yeah, it's one of the best shots in Nuggets history for buzzer beater. So a lot of great memories. Um, sad to see him go. Also sad to see RJ go because he has potential, but Mm -hmm. he just, Never fit in the timeline. We have too many guards. Yeah, we have too many guards that play. That yeah, we have too many guards. Even well, when we're not fully healthy, he doesn't play. Yeah, so. but we wish the best for both of them. We hope 
things go well in Orlando and they both succeed. So we wish the best for both of them. But now to the guys we got, Aaron Gordon, um, specifically, I give the trade um, right now a B. Mm-hmm. It can change. I just think it's a great Jeremy replacement. You know, he brings defense. He can shoot the three. He's an athletic. He can cut. He's basically filling Jeremy's role. Um, we talked about this. I still think Jeremy was a better fit, but obviously this is the best, next best thing that you could get um, mm-hmm. in this role. Um, first game, he he's, he seemed to fit really well, started cutting really good, um, seemed to gel with all the guys really well. Um, this last game didn't really do much, but, you know, I think it's still a good fit. Um, and if he can play good defense, that's all that matters. Uh, really, that's all he has to do. He just has to play good defense and make cuts and hit a three occasionally here or there. So um, I think it's good, especially the fact that he's on a two-year deal. So he be he's going to be here uh, end of this year and next year. And then after that, we have to figure out what we do with him. I'm assuming this is a two-year rental. I don't think he's going to stay. Now, granted, he did say I didn't know how much of a gem Denver is, mm-hmm. but everyone fucking says that. And then they leave. So I don't believe it until he yeah, signs a contract. Yeah, sign your contract and then I'll believe it. it so we'll see. I'm not think- going to get, I'm not going to convince myself that these guys are staying anymore. This does put a thing on our cap. We can give an extension to him and MPJ and Bull Bull. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of extensions that can go up this summer. So that's another thing that's been added to the plate now. But overall, I think this is a good move. It definitely got us back into playoff contention. Now, do I think it makes us beat the Lakers? No. I know a lot of people like to say that Aaron Gordon has the best defense against LeBron. But if you look at that stat, it's a very misleading stat because it goes Aaron Gordon, Kawhi, some random guy, and then Joe Johnson. I don't believe in that stat too much. But I do think he'll help in that series. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this helps us mainly against the Clippers. I'm not as worried about playing the Clippers anymore if we had to in a uh, series. So I think that helps. I think Western Conference Finals are now back into reality with this, at least, yeah. depending on the teams we play. Yeah, depending on how it all shakes out. As long as we can avoid the Lakers and hopefully, and maybe, and preferably the Clippers, we'll, yeah. I think we'll be all right. As long as we can avoid the LA teams, I think the Nuggets have a really good shot at getting back to Western Conference Finals now with these moves. So good job to Conley. I think he did very good this trade deadline, um, especially with. You know, not having to give up much because Gary wasn't playing for us anyways, even though, again, we love him, but he didn't play at all this he year. So missed, He's missed 20, like 20 games straight or something. Yeah, so, so we didn't really lose anything. Um, we just gained. Um, we did lose RJ, but I think overall, great trade deadline to help us compete. Um, the one thing that is with these moves that you'll see is these are very win-now moves. Like I said, JaVale's a free agent this offseason and then uh next offseason aaron gorn's a free agent so they want to what that's telling every nugget fan is we're trying to win this year so we'll see how it goes Mm -hmm. um but just know that the nuggets have now transitioned into a new era where we're competing for championships officially now we are competing for championships we're trying to win titles we're not trying to hoard uh, players assets, anymore uh, assets yeah. we're not trying to grow players anymore we're trying to win championships uh, another thing that came out of trade deadline for us is we didn't trade bull bull even though he was rumored to be included in a trade mm-hmm. for uh, lonzo um are you happy we didn't trade him did you want to trade him what are your thoughts on that um i mean i like lonzo's fit but he was a guaranteed rental because mm-hmm. we could not afford to bring keep him yeah um he's gonna get paid a lot and we just don't need to pay him like Mm -hmm. that 
Um, so I'm glad we didn't trade him. I mean, unless you're getting something that is going to help you now, like, and like preferably more than a half a season, yeah. I wouldn't want to trade him. He's a good, he has good potential. He's just so far away. So we'll see. I could still we'll see, see him getting traded next year or the year after that because I don't think he's going to crack the rotation even then. He could so. get traded at the draft because if we're not going to extend him, that's mm-hmm. definitely a place where we could trade him. Yeah, I think it was good not to trade him now. I think we should extend him because I don't think it would be hard to extend him. I think he has the potential. He's very young. He didn't even play really at all his first year. He hasn't even got real time on a basketball court. I think he just needs to go G League. Mm-hmm. Hopefully... If his extension money, that's another conversation for later. But hopefully if it's not a lot, I think it'd be nice to keep him. But I'm glad, especially we didn't trade him to the Pelicans because imagine we did trade him for basically, like you said, a guy who's going to be a rental. Yeah. And then he became good. Yeah. (laughs) Like he became what everyone thinks he could become. And then he's on the Pelicans with Zion and Brandon Ingram. That'd be scary. So I'm glad we didn't do that trade. To be honest, we wanted to do it. The Pelicans didn't do it. I don't know why the Pelicans said no to that. But they did. So that is what it is. But that was basically everything for the trade deadline. But then, obviously, after trade deadline, buyout season happens. Um, You know, old veterans get bought out of their contracts because their teams don't want them um, anymore. So uh, there was two main ones. Um, One was just recently Andre Drummond just went to the Lakers. Um, What are your thoughts of him joining that Laker team? If they get healthy, now that they have if, if, a rebounding center, if they get healthy, I guess it will help them. Um, I, I think Andre Drummond's good, but he's not good offensively, and I feel like that's where they kind of need to get better in mm-hmm. a lot of ways because they can't shoot threes, as you said. Um, but I see why they did it, um, because of like all the bigs in the West and yeah. all and what happened in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if they if they get healthy, they didn't really need him. Yeah, I think it's a good move. Just helps for them add assets because they need yeah. assets. It's a, Mar- Marcus hasn't panned out as well for them as they wanted to. Yeah, and it's a good insurance policy for Anthony Davis because you never really know how healthy he's going to be. Yeah, so. and I think it's just a good thing for them. It also helps them right now while LeBron and um, AD are out that they just have a former All Star um, type player. Um, so. And, you know, he is always, like, the lean rebounder in the league, um, even though I don't know if he is this year, but he might be. So that helps out, too. They'll get possessions, which helps on the defensive side of the ball. He All he really has to do is just rebound and knock the ball when LeBron gives him the ball. So he doesn't have a huge role. I think um, he'll do very well in his Tristan Thompson-type role <laughs> over there with the Lakers. Um, but the big move was uh, LaMarcus Aldridge was bought out from the San Antonio Spurs. Um, rumors were that he was going to go to the Miami Heat mm-hmm. um, for like $5 million or something like that. But then all of a sudden, he took a vet minimum and joined the Brooklyn Nets um, to add with Blake Griffin, KD, Harden, and Kyrie. So what do you think of that move by LaMarcus? And what do you think of the buyout market just in general? <laughs> the buyout market is kind of annoying to me. I get I don't know how you can even fix it, but that's where all that's where the big markets always get guys is in the mm-hmm. buyout market. It, this isn't the first time it happened. This is the most significant time it's happened in a while. But like, I don't remember who the Lakers got in the buyout market last year, but it was they got like all they got like the best buyout guys. They got Morris and yeah, the both both LA teams got a Morris and like 
this year it just happened to be the, a lot because of COVID. A lot of the buyouts were um, pretty good players, mm-hmm. I think, and they all went to contenders. So the two contenders. Yeah. What do you think of him going there, though? What do you think of the move? I mean, how it changes the landscape. It doesn't for me. They're winning. They're winning the East, and if we're being real, if they're healthy, the Lakers are winning the West, and I'm still picking the Lakers to win the finals. Yeah. Um, so for me, it doesn't change a lot. It just kind of is like you could have added a little more competition in the East or even in the more competition in the West. Mm-hmm. The West is pretty competitive right now. Yeah. We'll see if how it ends up looking after the playoffs. But yeah, I'm, I'm taking the, I'm taking like the Nets and like five or six against every team in the East. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to definitely steamroll the East now. Um, the Lamar Marcus Aldridge sign definitely makes them the best team in the East, even though they already were the best team in the East. Now they're even more the best team in the East. Um, seems like he's going to actually start at center. So um, they have a good starting five, and now their bench is more um, developed. Um, so they fixed their issues of having a weak bench. Um, but again, I agree with you, on, at least on the landscape of things. They were always going to make it to the finals, even at the beginning of the season, before they got Blake, before they got LaMarcus. Before they even got Harden. Yeah. People, I kind of felt like they were going to make the finals. Yeah, so. and now they're, they're just going to play the Lakers, like we all know, um, unless 80s injury is more serious than we think. But I don't. I think he'll be fine, and he'll be back in the playoffs. So they're going to play the Lakers. I agree with you. I still would pick the Lakers just because I trust LeBron more than – um, Harden who chokes and those guys who haven't played together. I just trust him and AD more because they already have done it. Um, and also they still have not solved the issue of who guards AD. Yeah, they they still can't. They, LaMarcus and Blake were not a solution. So. Yeah, like they also help on the offensive side of things. They're not going to help on the defensive side of things. And AD can guard both of those guys. And even though Blake has been better because he's been dunking, um, and doing stuff like that. He still hasn't been anything excellent for them. He's a good mm-hmm. role player, but he's not been anything excellent. Um, LaMarcus is a huge thing. And I think the buyout market, they need to find a way to fix it. I have a couple of ideas. One is if some guy has been an all-star in the past five years, they shouldn't have like the ability to, to go. sign a vet minimum. Yeah, they shouldn't have the ability to sign a vet minimum. I don't think that should be possible because th- their value is way more than vet minimum. So mm-hmm. I don't think that should be allowed. That's one way to fix it. The other way is the Nets are so far over the luxury tax and not even the first luxury tax, the second luxury tax, where you actually pay a lot of fucking money back to the NBA because you're over the tax. Mm-hmm. And they should make it a rule that if you're over that second one, you can't get any buyout people. Yeah, they should do that. Because we're never going... We barely even go over the first luxury tax. Mm-hmm. Um, we're To go over the second one, Like we're never going to be in competition if these guys can just spend as much money as they want on these guys. Like We have no shot of gain. And not that I wanted LaMarcus or anything, but I just think it's not fair to the small market mm-hmm. franchises because the buyout market is basically a big market tool it's tools for big market teams or wherever lebron is <laughs> um because then whatever team lebron's on they're making a lot of money anyway so they can spend the money to get that player so i don't think it's a fair um way of getting players i think they need to just propose a rule to fix it um because i definitely think it was a weak move by lamarcus um to join the nets but i get it he's old he wants a championship mm-hmm. um he got his money from the spurs so i get it but i think it was definitely a weak move 
Um, so hopefully they fix it in the future, but I doubt it. But overall, I mean, it didn't affect us that he went there. At least he didn't go to Portland. Portland was a place I was scared that LaMarcus would go back to because he does have ties there, um, obviously, because he played there before. Um, so overall, you know, I would say with the trade deadline and the buyout, everything considered, I think we came out mostly on top of all the people in the West, at least. Yeah. Like, we got the best upgrade from all those people, mm-hmm. um, even the Lakers. Like, I know Lakers had eight, uh, Drummond, but that doesn't change anything to what they already were. Like, mm-hmm. So, we went from being a team that probably was going to be a second-round exit to now, I genuinely think we could make the Western Conference Finals. If we can avoid the Clippers and or Lakers. the Lakers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good for us. That's really good. And we'll talk about our games because we've been doing a lot better as of late, um, playing a lot better. Uh even before the trade deadline. So first we'll start off with our game in Orlando um, when we played Aaron Gordon when he was on the other team. So we played them. We won 110-99. The game was basically a blowout. I think they could tell that Aaron Gordon was gone. Mm -hmm. He was the only player that I think played like super well for them, not named Fournier. But Fournier, Vucevic, and Gordon, they all played well. And I think... Fournier and Gordon played well because they want to get traded, so they want to give one last, hey, look, we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but overall, we just smoked them. We played really well. Uh, who would you give your MVP to? That's not Nikola Jokic. I know he had 28, 11, uh, 15, and 10, but other than him. I'll give it to MPJ because um, he scored 18. It was efficient, and he got seven rebounds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'll give it to PJ because on the last podcast I was talking about how our bench was doing really bad and I needed someone to step up from the bench. And PJ did that for us. He had 14 off the bench um, and, you know, he had six rebounds and two assists. So I'll give it to him just because everyone really played well, but it's nice to have the little bench touch because we were struggling with that um, after we talked about it on the last podcast. So good win there. Then we went on a back-to-back and played Toronto and we got creamed mm-hmm. uh, mainly because for some reason i mean kyle lowry was rumored to be traded um norm was gone for them they played with basically the idea that he was gone so they tried super hard to win this game um i don't think malone prepared us enough and i don't think the guys prepared enough uh, hard enough for uh this team because they lost eight straight in a row mm-hmm. i don't think they understood how much they would try to get kyle his last win in a raptor uniform if it was that case. Um, but what would you think of this game? You just throw it away because it was yeah, right around the just, trade deadline? You just throw it away. I think a lot. I think it was more than just the Raptors playing for the trade deadline. I think it was a lot of also our guys because no one really knew who was going to be gone. Yeah, like Will played very bad in this game, and I could definitely see that be attributed because he also thought he was going to get traded. He was 0 for 8 in the game, 0 for mm-hmm. 3 from 3. Um, yeah, all the guys really played bad. Our bench guys played terrible until scrub minutes when Bobo and Nanji came in. So I agree with you. I think just throw that game away. It was an unfortunate game, a very emotional game, I assume, for everyone. Just get out of here. It's fine. Yeah. Um, then the next game uh, we played in New Orleans. Uh, we didn't have Aaron Gordon or uh, JaVale yet for this game. Um, I'm assuming they had to pass physicals and other COVID precautions yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so we didn't have them for this game. Also, Monte has been out for all these games still with that quad injury. Um, but this game was a back and forth basically between Zion, 
um, and Jokic. They just kept going back and forth, back and forth, especially in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, who would your MVP be for this one, other than Jokic, who had 37, 6, and 9? <laughs> um, I mean, you can really take your pick, but I'm going to go with MPJ between him and Jamal just because he is just shooting lights out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to actually give mine to Millsap. Because he had 16 points this game, but he hit two very clutch threes in that fourth quarter to help propel us um, when it was a very back-and-forth game, and we needed those very much. So I'll give it to Millsap, especially because as of late, Millsap has been playing better. But obviously, this was just a show between Jokic and Zion. Zion's a beast. I mean, are you worried of Zion in the future? Because he is a beast now, and we don't have anyone to guard him. (laughs) Um, But granted... It's the same way on the other side. They don't have anyone guard Jokic. <laughs> there's still something. I mean, he's a. There's still some. There's something about this team that feels flawed to me still. Um, and obviously, as they develop, those flaws can go away. But mm-hmm. I'm not gonna worry about. I'm not gonna worry about the Pelicans until they actually become a worry. You know. Yeah, I'd say the biggest issue for them in this game was definitely Brandon Ingram. MPJ outshined Brandon Ingram in this mm-hmm. game. He played far better than Brandon Ingram played in this game, and it was great to see. Because Brandon Ingram was an all-star. And to see MPJ outplay him um, on both sides of the ball was really great to see. Um, MPJ has been doing exceptionally well as late. Pre-trade deadline, post-trade deadline, he's been doing great. So good for him on that. And we finally beat New Orleans. It took yeah. us two years to do it, but I we did. Think so, yeah. <laughs> so we finally beat them. And I'm happy because I fucking hate playing that team so much. When they had AD, we couldn't beat them. Yeah, we always lost to New Orleans. It's very annoying, um, but at least we pulled one out. So um, we predicted those games. We predicted we were going to go 2-1 and one on that road trip anyways. Uh, we went 2-1 and one on the road trip, so I'm not upset about that. And then we went on to the Atlanta game again. Another blowout. Mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon's first game. Nicola had a cute moment where at the beginning of their huddle, he said, welcome to the guys. I thought it was really nice. <laughs> uh, who would you give your MVP for this game? I mean, it's probably Jermichael. He, broke, Jermichael. he broke some kind of record. Of, he, it's like he's the first to score 20 in like, 13, like 15 he's minutes or less. He's the first to score 20 with his percentage of shooting in like 13 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, good for him. He scored 20 off the bench. That helped a lot. He looked really good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he had seven rebounds. He did really good. Um, Aaron Gordon looked great in his debut, had 13 points, 6-9, made 1-3. Um, MPJ, again, playing well. Uh, Jokic playing well. It was a very even scoring from all the starters. All the starters played really well in this mm-hmm. game. Um, what do you think of the rotations, though, um, initially? So mm-hmm. we have, obviously, the starters of Jamal, Nicola, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, but then we have the bench of Jamichael, Paul, Faku, uh, PJ, and then one of MPJ, Jamal, or Jokic is with those mm-hmm. guys. What do you think of that? Um, I Again, I want to see JaVale play. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have wanted to see him play in this. Um, like I know we blew them out, but mm-hmm. you still would, would have liked him on there, if nothing, but to just kind of start getting starting to mesh with the guys. Because yeah. I feel like we're going to need him, so mm-hmm. I feel like he should play. I mean, he is a true professional at this point. He said he's ready to come in whenever coach needs him. So he's, I, I don't, whenever we will need him, and I'm sure we will. Um, I'm feeling, I have, I just have a feeling at this point, um, especially after seeing the game we saw tonight, um, he seems more like a playoff situational type player for us, mm-hmm. where we get, or just like a game where we're getting destroyed in the paint, we'll put JaVale in. But 
Um, Jamichael and Paul look pretty good playing well. Uh, they play well together. Um, and other than the first quarter where the Hawks were making every shot, our defense was pretty stout, and we didn't have to really worry about anyone inside the paint because Capella, for once, did not kill us. He only had 10 points. Um, so I think overall it wasn't really a game of need for JaVale, but I would assume that eventually JaVale, if needed, will come in um, and provide some minutes. It's kind of like how Harnstein would play sometimes and wouldn't. I assume that's just what JaVale is going to be. Now, granted, is that great? Probably not because we gave up two second-round picks. But again, mm-hmm. win-now mode, that's what we're in. So that's why we got rid of the picks. Um, but overall, good game. We played really well, played great defense. Um, I think this, from watching this game and the game tonight, I, the team just looks like they have no newfound energy now. Mm-hmm. They got new guys in. Everyone's happy. Everyone's refreshed now. Like, obviously, they were sad to lose Gary, but I think it's um, great to see that they just kind of have this newfound excitement because they have guys who are coming from bad situations to good situations, and yeah, I think that yeah. makes them realize how good they have it. When, exactly. Um, Aaron Gordon was coming for Orlando when he was always just competing for the eighth seed. Like, I'm sure they're very happy to have these guys. Um, so we won that one, and then we won our game tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. We were blowing them out for like three quarters of it, and then they came back because of Tyrese Maxey and a lot of careless mistakes and passes and defense. Uh, we won 104-95. Uh, Who was your MVP for this game? Um, I'll give it to Jamal because he's the one who kind of brought us home. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the – he kind of like – make basically help so they wouldn't come all the way back Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'll take him all and i'll give it to the other one i'll give it to mpj because he also played really well Mm -hmm. he was on fire for three and a half quarters of this game um he played really well um made some mistakes but very little um and he's just excelled at you know doing his role which is hitting his shots um, playing off of Jokic and rebounding and just playing as best as defense as he can. And it's getting, I feel like it's getting better and better every game. It's, and It's getting better for sure. And now that the fact that he has Aaron Gordon, I think it's nice because if he's having an off night on his guy, you can just put Aaron Gordon on his guy. If Jamal's having an off night on his guy, you can put Aaron Gordon on his guy if you have to. Um, it's nice to have Aaron Gordon with his kind of uh, defensive flexibility that if any of these guys aren't having good nights, you can kind of switch him onto them. So I think that helps out immensely as well. Um, Jokic also still played well, 21, 10, 5. Uh, Goran only had six points, but it's fine. Um, he didn't really play that much. He only played 24 minutes. Um, what do you think of Malone going with Faku at the end instead of all four, all five of the starters? Um, I guess because it's his second. My only hope is that it's because his second game, so he didn't do it. Um but I was that was going to be my the first thing I said. I do not like that Faku was essentially our sixth man tonight. He played 25 minutes off the bench, um, and he didn't score a single point. And mm-hmm. he really only he played poorly. He played yeah, poorly. Yeah, game. Um, and Malone kept going with him. I know that he kind of Malone said at the press after the game like we need to develop a killer instinct. I think putting Faku kind of hurt some of our offensive momentum. I know he wanted to get that energy and. He was kind of getting in Ben Simmons' head a little bit, but mm-hmm. at that there was points where we needed a bucket, and then we didn't really have a more dynamic uh, offense. Yeah, I would have preferred uh, Aaron in, um, but I know that if Monte was healthy, Monte would have been in. 
mm-hmm. that'd be Monte instead of Faku. So I'm not as worried about it because as long as it's Monte or Aaron in those closing situations going forward, yeah, I'm not worried about. Hopefully Monte's coming back soon. He has said that he he's, feels like he's ready to yeah, come soon. He keeps saying that he's getting closer. So, um, but that that was kind of frustrating because Faku did play a lot, and I know he brought a lot of energy. He got some steals, um, like you said, guy in ben, uh, ben Simmons' face. But I just feel like that was a weird decision to go with him at the closing minutes. They made it a lot closer than they had to. But granted, it's not all on Faku. The whole team just kind of became lazy. Mm-hmm. They got up twenty, started making lazy passes. No one started moving after people were passing. Like, ball movement just died, and we just forced Jamal to take tough shots. Um, I will say something I noticed, even though Jamal played well with that unit because he made a lot of tough shots, is I think MPJ plays better with the second unit than Jamal does. Yeah. He plays better with Paul, Jamichael, Faku, and PJ because... I feel like they all rely on Jamal too much. Mm-hmm. When Jamal's in, they're like, okay, Jamal will do it. But when MPJ's in, they know he's still young, and they're like, okay, we have to help him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we have to do stuff with him. Like, he can't do it all yet. He's not there. <laughs> but they, they see Jamal, and they're like, oh, Jamal can just do it. And I think that's uh, something that we should stick with going forward. If, if we do that second year and we have someone in, I would prefer it to be MPJ or Jokic instead of Jamal. Mm-hmm. I think Jamal always just plays best off of Jokic. He I, I, like does. he can do it. Like he obviously he showed he can do it on him, his, himself. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we need to make it hard on him for no reason. Yeah. And I think MPJ does better at taking bad shots. Yeah. Than Jamal does unless Jamal gets hot. <laughs> so, um, but overall, good game um, until the end, uh, and we're on a three-game winning streak. Uh, I don't know. I think we're still fifth, um, and we're only a game and a half back of the Lakers now, maybe even just a game back of the Lakers. But the Lakers are probably going to continue to keep falling because LeBron and AD are still out. Um, I'm sure LeBron's coming back probably in like two weeks. Um, But then again, at that point, that's a lot of games. Uh, But, you know, at this point, I think um, if you're a Nuggets fan, you kind of want this team to end with the fourth seed yeah. and play Portland and then play the Jazz. I think that's what you want, uh, best case scenario, for playoff success at least. Um, but now we'll talk about our upcoming games. Um, we'll talk about uh, the one coming up this Thursday. Big game against the Clippers in Los Angeles. National TV. Paul George will probably be out because he's out with a sore right foot. Serge Ibaka is also out. So it's just really against Kawhi Leonard um, and all the other guys there. Um, How do you see this game going? Do we win? Do we lose? What do you see happening? I'm going to say win, and here's why. Okay. Basically all the reasons you just said, but um, like right now they're only up seven on the Magic, and it's literally just Kawhi carrying the load, Mm -hmm. and we're obviously much better than the Magic. I'm going to say win just because I feel like this is the kind of game that we'll get up for and yeah okay um and i also think we'll win just because i think we are now suited better like i said to compete against Kawhi. Mm-hmm. my most intriguing matchup for this is definitely to see how aaron gordon does on Kawhi. yeah this is a playoff preview if it happens um for seeing how that matchup goes can he do as well as jeremy did in those situations I hope he can. Um, granted, it will be a lot easier for him because you don't have to worry about Paul George, even though you really didn't have to worry about Paul George in the playoffs last year. Exactly. But 
you know what I'm saying. Um, just like the idea of him not being there helps yeah. defensively for the whole team. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. I hope Rondo doesn't kill us. Rondo always plays well, really, against the Nuggets. Um, not like points-wise. He just does really well making the other team do well against us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I think this is a win. I think it'll still be close because, um, you know, that's how we play games. <laughs> but I think we win this game. Uh, and then our next game uh, is until Sunday um, when we play Orlando. Unfortunately, even though it's a homecoming for Gary Harris, he won't be playing. But, you know, no. they get to see RJ and Gary. RJ will be playing. Yeah, RJ's going to play. Um, how do you see this game going against uh, Orlando at home? If Gary Harris was playing, I would say we were going to lose. But we're going <laughs> to win because Gary's not playing. This team is one of the worst teams in the NBA. So yeah, This team has a lot of young guys, a lot of developing guys like we should smoke this team pretty easily um they don't have Vucevic anymore they don't have Aaron Gordon they don't got nothing anymore like if we lose this game I'll be very very upset this is not a game we should lose at all um and I really want to win this game so I'm hoping we do um and then the last game we'll talk about is uh Tuesday against Detroit Mason Plumlee Jeremy Grant reunion how do you see this going when um win we have fans back how do you think the reception will be for jeremy grant with the Mm. fans back i don't know i'll be curious because you can't hide behind your booze with only four thousand people yeah so if no one if you're the only one booing like it's gonna be kind of weird yeah um i don't know i feel like they're gonna boo i really think they'll probably like cheer him when they do the like thank you to him and they'll do the They'll thank like Plumley, but I think after that you're gonna hear a lot of booze for Jeremy Grant because he basically said "f you" to Denver. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, so I think he will get booed. I think um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think we have to win this too because again, it's not a good team. They're the worst team in the East right now. Uh, you have to win this game. Uh, there's no excuses about it. So we each have us going three and zero in these next three games. And I don't think for once that's a tough ask. I think before with, you know, how much, you know, flexibility there was and confusion there was about the rotations and stuff like that, I think it was harder to ask for them to win all the games when we predict the games. But I mm-hmm. think this is the first time I feel confident when I say we should yeah. win and all three of these games. And I won't be pissed um, if we uh, lose, the Clippers. lose to the Clippers. Yeah, if we lose to the Clippers, that's fine. But I would hope we win against all three. Um, cause then after that, I should have mentioned after that Clipper game, we're on a pretty big home stand. Um, and it'd be good to capitalize with gain a win prior to that home stand, uh, away against the Clippers, especially who are ahead of us. Um, so yeah, we'll see how things go. Um, we're excited for the new Denver Nuggets. Um, we're excited for, to see what Aaron Gorn brings to the team, see what JaVale brings if he ever plays. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Go Nuggets.